This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Today on Two Guys in a River, we're going to mix it up a bit. We're going to broaden our focus from fly fishing to the great outdoors. And we're going to talk to some kids about what their dads did to help them love the great outdoors. But these aren't just any kids. They are our kids, and they are big kids. All of them are former college football players. And, uh, but the thing that I want to say right up front is that, that Dave and I can still take him any day of the week. That's exactly <laughs> right. And Christian fears me. Right, right, right. <laughs> Well, we actually have three of them joining us today since they're home for the holidays. First, we have Christian Getz. That's Dave's oldest son. He just finished his college football career at Bethel University in Minnesota, where he played on the O-line, and his major has been athletic training. Is that right? Correct. Yep. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us, Christian. Thanks for having me. (laughs) You're going to be had. Yeah, exactly. We also have Steve's two sons, Ben and Luke. Ben is credit card manager at CEFQ, which is a lending institution in Peoria, Illinois. But Ben grew up in Montana and was a standout high school basketball player who had the skills that his dad only dreamed of. <laughs> right? that, that is true. I will admit that. That is true. It was skipped it, a generation. Was it your specialty, the three-point shot? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're being real, uh, yeah, you're, yeah. Especially, you were a great three-point shooter. And Luke is a recent grad of the University of North Dakota, where he attended football on a football scholarship and played tight end. Now he is a student at Denver Seminary in Denver, Colorado. Welcome, guys, and thanks for uh, making this happen. Appreciate it. We're just here to tell the truth. That's right. <laughs> uh, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> All right, so all three of you guys love the outdoors, and we want to explore what your awesome dads, that would be Dave and me, (laughs) what we did to help you love the outdoors, and and maybe learn what we could have done better, although that wouldn't be much. Yeah, I don't think we can improve on that. How much time do we have? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And here's the deal, though. If if you say nice things, we might even buy you lunch today. (laughs) All right? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so... uh, just ask all three of you guys this. Christian, we'll start with you. What, what are your favorite outdoor pursuits? Oh, man. I mean, I've been going hunting with my dad since I was five. They've been making me tag along. So uh, I'd have to say hunting for sure. I haven't gone for a while since uh, I think my freshman year of high school. It's because of football. Yeah, it kind of puts a damper on that. We should tell this story, Christian. So during when Christian played in junior high, we would always tell the coach that his great-grandma was on the brink of dying. And so that he had to go to North Dakota to say his last goodbyes. So they'd always forgive him for missing a game and missing about four days of practice. And, of course, every year she was on the brink of dying because at the time she was 93. And I think she died when she was 103. I think I had, I think, like six grandmas because that (laughs) happened every single year. (laughs) But somehow we got to... We got to high school. Somehow that didn't work as no, well, did it? You they sat, just you sat on the bench if you tried yeah. that. And we yeah. and you did and your I freshman did. year. Yeah. So we never did that again. Never happened oh, again. Man. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So hunting's a big thing for you, Christian. Yeah, right? you also love to snowboard and yep. ski. Snowboarding, and we did a lot of fishing too. Stream yep, fishing when I was did. younger. 
Um, but yeah, I would say the biggest thing that sticks out to me is just those years when I was younger, I would tag along, we'd wake up at five in the morning and go, uh, go hunting. I'd walk around with my red rider BB gun and yep. pretend I was one oh, of the boys. Yeah, yeah that's don't awesome. Don't shoot your eye out. Yeah, yeah. don't shoot yeah, your eye out. Exactly did. right. Yeah. So Ben, tell me what your favorite outdoor pursuits are. Sure. Yeah. I grew up doing about the same hunting. Um, I think as I got older, backpacking, taking more trips out to Colorado, um, you know, we would backpack up into just some, some of the mountain lakes and, and that became a favorite, especially because it combined fly fishing uh, with that. But yeah, I have vivid memories of, of going out with my dad and even grandpa, uh, my dad's dad, yeah. um, before I could hunt and you know, actually shoot a rifle, it was accompanying them doing, um, you know, some spotting for them. So uh, very good memories uh, growing up doing that kind of the, the full scope of hunting, backpacking. Wow. That's great. And Luke, how about you? Yeah, I'd say hunting and fishing have been the two biggest ones. Haven't been able to hunt for a while now since we moved to Illinois. Haven't been able to get back to do some deer hunting and elk hunting out west. Uh, but also that and fishing. I do like to backpack and hike, but really if it's for the purpose of fishing or hunting. So for hiking into a mountain lake or for hiking in to, to get a good hunt in, then I enjoy that. But um, definitely hiking and, or hunting and fishing for sure. Yeah, and we did a lot of uh, varmint shooting too. We were always out uh, shooting gophers and, uh, you know, getting cars stuck in cow pastures and, uh, and uh, yeah, and, and Luke would come, uh, you know, into our, into our house. We, we had enough property. He'd be out uh, shooting gophers or sometimes catching them with a, with a, a fishing rod. And, you know, he's seven years old, and he comes in wearing these big rubber boots, and uh, he's got a gopher on the end. He's hooked a gopher on the end of this fishing rod. And, of course, he, he wants to do the catch and release thing, and he wants me to be the one. He's like, hey, I, I don't do catch and release oh, That's great. Yeah, that's great. So, so what, so. you hook him up with a big, sp- with a big uh, like a, a daredevil or something that you hooked him on? Yeah. No, I ended up... Uh, learning that I could drown them out with, so just put the hose in the hole and they'd come out. <laughs> and I was practicing my casting in the yard, saw a gopher and was like, oh, I should do this. And then when he came out, I realized I had nothing but my fishing rod. So I tied it around his neck really quick and I held him down and then was like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's well, great. Hey, we want to ask you guys this. So what's, what's one of your first memories with your dad in the outdoors? How about for you, Christian? Oh man, let's see. So I remember specifically, uh, we got back one day after hunting and I had my Red Rider BB gun, of course, and everyone's inside and we're eating dinner at grandma's house. And I head outside real quick and uh, about like 10 minutes go by and I run back inside really frantic. I shot a bird and I didn't actually kill it and it was in a lot of pain. So I grabbed my dad because I didn't know what to do. Then no one ever thought that I'd actually shoot one, but I, I did and my dad had to put it down for me because I was too scared. <laughs> I was so proud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some kind of an endangered species. So that's yeah. what I wanted. So yeah. where we live in the suburbs, if you did that today, the neighbors would call the police. Yeah. I'm so can't serious. Yep, can't yeah. do that here. Exactly. I remember being in a parking lot one time in North Dakota, and some guy just pulled out a shotgun and was cleaning it in front of everyone. <laughs> Which is so different from here. Oh, you yeah, know what I'm no saying? Kidding. I mean, yeah. there, your firearms are kind of just part of your life. Right. Oh yeah. And nobody's mm-hmm. surprised yeah. when you walk from your car to the store with a firearm. It's oh. just so different. No, yeah. I brought a twenty-two in one day to, to work in, in my office in Montana. If I did that here, 
Yeah. Well, people call the police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ben? Do you have a first memory um, or any memories that you have that stick out with your dad? Oh, sure. And probably the first uh, that I can think of is not a great one. Um, so we, we used to do a lot of uh, camping uh, kind of in the Jackson Hole, uh, Wyoming area. And, um, and so we did hiking, some hiking in the Tetons. And I think this is the first time I was allowed to go with my dad. And my Uncle Kevin was along too. But we decided we had a picnic as a family. And then we were going to go hiking. And I was excited to go. But my first concern was water, making sure I had enough water. And I remember my grandpa handing me a big water bottle that I was excited to take. But you know, my dad convinced me that no, the, the tiny one that he had was going to be sufficient. <laughs> so I, you know, probably an hour in, I, I was fine and then started to get thirsty. And I'm pretty sure I went through that and my uncle's water bottle. And, and that was before we got to the point of where we we're going to turn around. So I spent the whole trip coming back, always being coached on don't drink from a stream, dropping back so I could drink from a stream. Oh, you <laughs> did? <laughs> did you get times. Giardia? Did you? Uh... Fortunately, no. But yeah, I specifically remember my dad told me not to do this, but it's kind of his fault that I don't have the water I need. Oh, so so that, that sticks out. Oh, that's great. How about you, Luke? Yeah, the first time I ever went hunting with my dad, I didn't know I was going. And so he woke me up about 4.30 in the morning and asked me if I wanted to go hunting, and I have never got out of bed faster. And I had no idea what I was supposed to wear, what I was supposed to do, and I was, my dad was helping me, you know, you know, put this stuff on for warmth, we got boots and stuff for you. But I just remember, I still have a vivid memory of that morning when I was woken up to go hunting, deer hunting for the first time, and I couldn't shoot anything. I, I didn't have my hunter's, hunter safety license yet, but, was able to you know go through the ravines to try to kick out the deer and that's why I brought them along. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, which I was glad to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was fun. So, what's something that uh, you guys that your dad did that really worked? And, and by that, what we mean is it, it helped you either develop a skill or an appreciation or a love for uh, outdoor recreation. Uh, yeah, what, what's something is we're, we're trying to get at here is, uh, yeah, what, what dads can do to help their, uh, their, their kids love the outdoors. So as you think back, what's something that we, that we did, hopefully, that, that was helpful to you? What'd you say, Christian? I think for me, I mean, I was just introduced to it so young, and I always felt included. I mean, I was five years old, and I was hanging out with a bunch of grown men. Um, even at that point, I wasn't I couldn't actually hunt, but I yeah. just, mm -hmm. I think it was just the fact that, uh, I felt like they wanted to spend time with me and I just felt like I was one of the guys and I was always welcome. And that just made me want to come back next year. So that, that's huge, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it, the it part really of the, is the outdoor stuff is just the camaraderie and, and being on an adventure together. Yeah. That, that's really cool. I think one of the things I always worried about was all those Oli and Lena jokes that, <laughs> that my dad's cronies would tell and some some of them were oh, yeah, like hmm, i'm not sure this five-year-old or nine-year-old should be hearing this <laughs> it makes more sense at 21 than it did at five <laughs> yeah it probably was over your head on yeah. some of those yeah and some of them were just plain funny but occasionally we would bring yeah. a guy out in fact today we still hunt with a guy he just doesn't know when to stop like he told a joke that was so raw in front of Corey last year and i'm like Seriously, I mean, Corey, you know, he's, he's at that point, he's 16. He has enough problems without you adding that to the layer yeah. of stuff in his head. But I'd anyway, i worried about grandpa than Corey. Yeah, grandpa's the one who's always <laughs> so offended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah. 
All right, Ben, how about you? What did your father do, right or wrong? or Not wrong. (laughs) But no, but really, what did your father do right? I would say in in anything we did, hunting, backpacking, fishing, it was, uh, we were taught to respect, you know, nature for what it was, respect uh, the outdoors. And and so that translated into, you know, if you're backpacking, you pack out what you pack in. Um, Same thing with fishing. And and there were times where, yeah, we did uh, keep the fish that we caught to eat, but respect for you know, letting it go quickly, uh, you know, making sure that you're not making a big path, you know, where you're at or a big footprint, uh, essentially. Uh, and, and I think, you know, I got that from my grandpa, too, in some interactions with him. But that's that's what's stuck with me the most by far. Yeah, for sure. Luke, what about you? Uh, it's funny, Ben and I did not discuss this before we came, but I was going to say something similar of just creating an, a sense of respect and a sense of awe of where we were, uh, which just desired or created a desire in me to experience that more and more uh, and keep it the way it is to not not ruin it to not leave a big footprint but also uh, he was patient with us so in things that with fishing or hunting he didn't micromanage us he wasn't you know doing every little detail for us and allowing us to do our do things our own way uh, which then you know it's created a again, a greater sense of desire to be out there and doing it, knowing that I had the freedom to do it the way I wanted to. It's probably because I was looking out for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was wanting to fish this run. So what, yeah, what they interpret is I'm not micromanaging. Is I'm, I'm not paying attention. Exactly. <laughs> They're wandering near the deep, yeah, steep cliff right, or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I know your dad was really perfect and, and really the perfect father, but did he do anything to annoy you? <laughs> oh. oh yeah, so I can remember deer hunting, and I was down in one of the ravines trying to, to kick out the deer, and all of a sudden I hear one shot, and I'm thinking, oh, did he get it? And then I hear a second shot, and then a third and a fourth, and he emptied that gun and did not hit <laughs> no, that wait, deer. No, 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 and no, I am no. at this age, I'm yet to see my dad kill a deer. You know, even when I wasn't hunting with him, I'd always go out to the truck. Hey, Dad, did you get anything? And Answer was always no. So I thought, here's my first chance to see that he killed one, and he missed all four or five, maybe even I, six no, shots. I did not take that many shots. I took two shots, and I missed. No way. And, it was no, more than that. And all I remember, I mean, here's this 10-year-old kid, and he was angry at me, and he says, how could you miss that deer? And I said, yeah, it's not as hard as you think. You wait, wait till you try it. He goes, I can't wait till I try it. I would have shot it. I, I think we call that righteous anger. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, Ben, anything that you remember that was particularly annoying about your dad? I, I don't quite have anything like that, I think. Um, just overall, uh, the speed of, of things. Uh, <laughs> feeling like we were waiting on him. If fishing and even backpacking, it's, you know, we're antsy to get up to, to where we need to go so we can set up camp, so we can fish, and uh, just felt like a lot of waiting. Off and on. Oh man, that, yeah, I'm, I'm the oldest, so I'm I'm packing my stuff. But I also have to say sometimes because I was trying to help you guys get your gear ready, so I, I have a little bit of an excuse. Not Krishna, I got to ask you that question too. Yep. What, what did your dad do that annoyed you? So <laughs> driving up from Illinois to North Dakota, I mean it's a, it's a long drive. I'd say 14 or 17 hours or so, and we'd always pick a CD and we would just play it to death. And I remember my dad bought a Creed CD and he thought Creed was the coolest band ever. <laughs> and so he, he tricked me to thinking that Creed was cool growing up and I got to middle school and I learned that that was not okay. 
Creed was a sign that you were like a big loser. Yeah, I got like the Nickelback of some sorts. Yeah. I don't know. I, was, I could sing every word to that album. Oh, man. That's yeah, that's, that's funny. Uh, you know, I remember a story. Um, I don't even know if I could tell all this, but there was one year that I think, Christian, you were nine, and that was when I brought a friend from California, and I've done this two or three times through the years, maybe two times, and kind of both times that I've actually invited somebody, I thought, you know, I don't know if I'd do it again, and then i do it again. But anyway, this, this guy brought his daughter, and great guy, and he, so Christian and this daughter, and she was like 11, right? Yep. And you were nine, so it was kind of a nice dynamic. It going. was. It's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. So I remember the two of you taking off as soon as we got to the farmer's yard, because we usually kind of stood around and kind of waited for everybody to arrive, and there's about 10 of us that were going to hunt, and the farmer would come along. And so Bree, which was her name, and Christian went up to the, the hay bales and was jumping on these big stacks of hay. So while he was doing that... I was talking with my friend, and and so I introduced him to my dad, and they, it was a really the first time that he had met my dad. So a couple hours later, and we in the middle of the afternoon, we always stop after, you know, if we haven't gotten all our birds by 2 o'clock, we have a break in the afternoon. The farmer would always invite us to the, ranch, to the farmhouse for Coogan. And Coogan is this German, it's like a German pie. It's just basically sugar and bread. You know, and there's, I mean, you can have raisin Coogan, you can have peach Coogan, strawberry Coogan. Um, there's, there were like, well, I mean, you can put anything in Coogan. So we would do that and have coffee. So my brother was there with his father-in-law and there's a bunch of us in the house and I was in the other room. And so basically this guy that I brought walked into the room with my dad and his friends and I did not hear this, but they started. He started regaling them about me, and my dad says, "How did, how did you um, meet Dave?" And he said, "Well, I met him in prison." And and everybody started laughing. <laughs> and then he implied that we had some sort of relationship outside of a friendship. He was just joking. It was the most inappropriate <laughs> oh, thing <laughs> that you could imagine. Your All of a dad sudden, would not have appreciated. Apparently, he told me later that everybody went silent. And, and all of a sudden go, well, I guess it's time to go back and out and start hunting. Well, I hadn't heard a thing. I walk out the door. And so whatever he said to my dad so greatly offended my dad that he had, did not talk to my dad the rest of the weekend. No, no, no. My dad didn't talk to him the rest oh, of the weekend. Yeah. And he felt so bad that he sent a bunch of flowers to the house after he left. But it was one of those really awkward moments. Do you remember that? I oh, have. Man. I've never heard the story until now. Seriously, <laughs> it makes me really uncomfortable thinking about it. Though. <laughs> you were too interested in the eleven-year-old girl. Right? Yeah, that never worked out though. So <laughs> yeah, it didn't go very far. All right. Oh, so, man. what would you say, Christian? One of the struggles that you and I have always had is one, sports, which are so frustrating, especially football, kills the fall, right? It just kills the fall for doing stuff. But also that we live in Illinois, and there are a lot of people who hunt in Illinois. But it's more difficult, right? And you have to have a place to hunt. And I grew up in North Dakota where it was never a problem to hunt. So what would you say to dads? What, what could they do to kind of foster a love for the outdoors and their kids? Yeah, I mean, it's really... 
it's really hard to, I guess, get that unique experience that you had, um, especially around here. But there's other, I mean, there's other things you can do. Like you can go snowboarding, you know, you can go hiking. And I think it's just, uh, it's just something you got to kind of get into early and you got to put time aside to find because those are some of the best memories I've had growing up. Yeah. I wish I had done more, to be honest with you. I mean, I think as I look back, I was so stressed out during a lot of those years trying to start my business and just the stress of running a business and just the busyness of having, you know, three kids and then four with Jay. If I had, you know, if I had to do anything over, it would be actually making more time. That's a good point. What about Ben and, and Ben and Luke? Anything that you would say that, um, yeah, what would you recommend? And, and I, I want to preface that by saying, you know, some listeners, you may be living in areas where it's really easy to get your kids outdoors, but we also know that a lot of our listeners live in the suburbs, like yeah. where, where we do now, and, and that's a challenge. How do you help suburban kids uh, love the outdoors. Is that, is that kind of your question? Dave? Yeah, it is. It's just how do you? Sorry, get it? I jumped in there and took over. No, no, no. That's good. And I think, and I think, Christian, you're right. I think it, it's you, one. You have to make time, and it might not just be the. You know, it might not just be hunting or fishing, right? Mm-hmm. It might be going skiing. It might be hiking. But it's the importance of doing it early and 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 maybe doing it often, or at least setting aside time to do it. Ben, Luke, anything you'd add to that? Yeah, we had to. Kind of living in the Chicago area, had to be creative. You know, there's a couple falls where yeah, I was playing football and didn't have time to take off a couple of days, but there was the the salmon run up in Milwaukee in the river, yeah. and we'd go up there and fish that for, you know, maybe a Saturday afternoon or even right after school we'd go up there, and you're hearing sirens, cars are driving by, but you're still out there, you're on the river, you're catching fish, which is a blast. And then even... Even in family vacations, if the vacation wasn't necessarily for the outdoors, we found ways to do that. When we got to Idaho to visit my grandparents, you know, we'd take an afternoon to go fish the Owyhee River below the dam, and and you know, that, the trip wasn't for fishing, but we found ways to you know add that in, even if it's just for an afternoon. Uh, that really really helped cultivate that. Yeah, that's good. Ben, anything else? Yeah, I kind of like Christian was saying. I think one of the things for me is allow them the opportunity to choose what they want to do. Um, so my perspective growing up was that we were a hunting family. Uh, fishing was secondary and I started out spinner fishing, bait fishing, but uh, to me the perception of, you know, we're a hunting family and I enjoyed it, but not nearly as much as, you know, my dad, grandpa, Luke. Um, so for a while I felt a little bit, you know, kind of bad, disheartened, you know, I'm not quite fit in that mold, but then... And we shunned you for yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Once, <laughs> once the counseling was done... And yeah, then, exactly. <laughs> but, no, then it, it turned into, you know, it was never forced on me. I was always given the opportunity uh, to go do that, but other options were presented, and the same thing, um, you know, was able to... My love is probably backpacking and fly fishing, you know, more so than hunting that they would share. So give them the options, the opportunity to go do things, but, you know, give them the choice what they prefer to do. I remember when I learned to snowboard because I wanted to take the boys up. That oh was so goodness. painful. Yeah. And cr- for a while oh, Christian that. and Corey picked it up like immediately. And it took me like nine years and I still can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so as you, all three of you played college sports and we've talked a little bit about the challenges of that. Um, how did, how did one, how did sports interfere with that? And as you think about your life moving forward, do you see yourself doing more outdoor pursuits? I mean, how do, how do you see your life 
moving forward? I think, you know, growing up playing football, you can't really see the end of it. It's kind of your whole life and you can't even picture yourself outside of being an athlete. And uh, so for me, I mean, when I found out the hard way, I'm going to sit on the bench if I, you know, miss practice. I just, uh, it was an easy decision. I decided, all right, I can't do this anymore. Um, but sure enough, I'm at that point now, football's over, and I kind of look back on it, and, you know, I wish I spent more time doing things like that, like going out with my dad, going hunting, and uh, um, at the end of the day, it's just a sport, and I loved it, and, you know, I was thankful to play it for, you know, the majority of my life, but um, what lasts forever is those, those experiences, going hunting, um, those are things I can do forever with my dad and with my brothers, so uh, I just kind of wish I got out and did more of that. I have to say that one thing I'm really looking forward to is 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 the chance to get out and do more hunting and fishing i feel like we've kind of missed you know over the, especially college and uh the last couple of years of high school just missed the chance to to get out more and i'm looking forward to that ben luke how about you what how did your college shape you know your your how how, how often you got in the outdoors and how do you think about that now yeah i don't think my career if you could call it that was quite as um you know, as defined as, as Luke and, and Christians, but my, my perspective would be that, you know, during that time, just college in general, there wasn't time to get out and do it. And in football, um, you know, the capacity that I was involved, it still is kind of a full-time job. At yeah, that point. it really is. So I had to keep the perspective that, you know, for this period of life, I'm not going to do it as much, but you have to make the effort to get back into it. I think that was a big thing for me, uh, you know, which is weird. It's, it, pastime that you enjoy thinking you have to put effort into it in that regard but understanding that okay I it's easy to fall into that life's too busy and you guys have alluded to this in other podcasts before but you have to make the time to do it it doesn't get easier just because you get through one stage and that's stuck for me even now you know with with a daughter and it takes a support system I have at home uh, you know with my wife to allow me to to do that and pursue those things but it's takes effort yeah that's good Mm -hmm. Luke anything else yeah, I had to have a certain perspective of knowing that you know, I wouldn't be able to really do much while I was playing. And so looking to the future, knowing, okay, I'll have more time. And like Ben said, like you guys have said in previous podcasts, you have to make time for that and make an effort, put that into it. Um, but also knowing, you know, just with playing football, being full time, it's not going to be, you know, something I can do all the time. So I look forward to those little moments where, I was home in the spring for a couple weeks knowing that, hey, we're going to get a day or two on the drift list or in the summertime, hey, we're going to go to Rocky Mountain National Park for three days and I'm going to get to fish then and try to get in all my outdoor time then and knowing that it's not coming, you know, for the rest of the year. But, you know, I also knew, had an idea, didn't know for sure if I was going to live in Colorado or not, but knowing that it might be out there, might have a little bit more opportunity. And now that I'm living out here, you know, out there loving having you know a great fishing spot 20 minutes away and That's having connections great. that can take me to those places and yeah. trying to meet people who I can get an in with so they can take me. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ingratiate yourself with other people. Man, that's right. I hate you now that you're only 20 minutes <laughs> yes, from fly fishing. That's, that's not right. <laughs> oh. Well, hopefully something we've uh, talked about today may resonate with you. I, I think a key is uh, a bit of time and intentionality can really make a difference for dads and moms to help their kids love the great outdoors. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. This comment comes from Bob. He's a thoughtful listener who comments frequently, 
And he offers this uh, response to our podcast on living in fly fishing exile. Bob says, I always look forward to your podcast and they make my Monday morning commute a lot better. I think that exile is a state of mind. I live in the heart of Washington, D.C. and don't consider myself an exile. This year, I started keeping a fly fishing journal and found out that I've been out more than 50 times. Holy cow. Yeah, wow. He said, those trips included Montana, tailwaters in Tennessee, and brook trout streams in the Virginia mountains. But they also include Rock Creek Park, which runs through D.C., the tidal basin in front of the Jefferson Memorial, that's cool, and the Potomac River. It helps that I don't see fly fishing as just being about trout, but I get in respect that you guys do. Over this year, I've caught browns, brookies, cutthroats, uh, rainbows, but I've also caught smallmouths, largemouths, catfish, bluegills, crappies, and one very confused crayfish. <laughs> if it swims, I'll throw a fly at it. The trick is to fully embrace where you are at the moment. Floating the Kootenai, I'm all in, but I'm also all in when I'm pounding the banks of the Shenandoah for smallies. I looked at John Gierak for inspiration. He writes as lovingly about catching bluegills in a pond as he does about catching brookies in Labrador. It's a great, great point, great yeah. post, yeah. Yeah, that really is. And, you know, I, I would say this, too. We're, we're certainly not elitist. I've, I've thought about it before. I, 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 I admire those who like bass fishing and, and uh, you know, catching catfish and even fishing for northern. And, and I will on occasion, but somehow it's uh, maybe it's kind of what, like what my son Ben said about uh, the hunting. That just doesn't, uh, for whatever reason, he's just not as interested in that. And I'm, th that's more the way I am with, with fish other than trout. It's not that I look down on them or <laughs> certainly look down on those who do that. In fact, sometimes I'm envious that somebody can enjoy it that much. Kind of like I'm envious of people who like golf. You know, I, I wish I could love golf, but I, <laughs> I just can't. Maybe it's because I'm such a bad golfer. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I really like Bob's perspective because uh, uh, there is something about uh, living as an exile that, that's kind of a state of mind. You just have it to. It is. It really is. Yeah. And I, fly, I do a lot of, and I just came back from a trip in January Know, going ice fishing with my dad so you know we're fishing for walleye and northern and smallmouth and perch so i do enjoy it i have not done much with my fly rod while you know fishing for smallies and largemouth but i totally get what he's saying and i i'm a little bit like you when it comes to fly fishing it's in part because of where it takes me yeah that's true and mm -hmm. uh but i totally get that and have great yeah. respect for that and i think yep. i think that's fly fishing as well well that's going to do it for today what advice would you give dads who want to help their kids love the great outdoors you can join the conversation by going to twoguysintheriver.com and comment on this podcast link how can you help kids love the great outdoors? You can find Two Guys in a River pretty much on all the social platforms. Be sure to go there, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and follow us there. We'd also love for you to pick up our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, Catch More Fish. And many of you have continued to refer the podcast, which is how we grow, and we're very grateful, grateful for it. So continue to do that. And if you order a book uh, in the next couple days, Dave will send you a free copy of a Creed CD. Oh! 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 oh. If you care about them at all, Dad, you won't. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are two guys with their three big kids and a river. For the love of fly fishing and the great outdoors. Thank you.